You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jem. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Michael Jam, and I'm here with Phil Adelphia Cream Cheese Hudson. This is nickname he wants. He yeah, I chose to say. that one specifically. <laughs> Adelphia Cream Cheese. It's, it's better than fallopian tubes, which I've been oh. called. Oh, well, that'll be next episode. Great. So today we're going to slow it down. If any, if you have meditation music at home, everyone, play this while you listen to our this episode. This Do you one's want me called to "Blow Into My Microphone." It's like soft wind sounds, like on an ocean yeah. breeze. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll keep my ears too. open so you can hear the sound of like my my inside of my head sounds like a seashell. Uh, it's so this one's called "Creative People Need to Hear This," and so this is hoped to be a little inspiring to people. Uh, this is walking. good after our last downer, right? <laughs> we we threw some cold water on people's dreams, but not so much. Like it was really more about like, hey, this is how it works, and I think once you learn about how it works, now you can get a path. So it, we just shed some light. And so it's easier to navigate with light and then not darkness. That's how I feel. But anyway, so this episode, we're talking really about creativity. And this is kind of, a lot of this is in response to comments that people have left on, you know, when I do these Instagram posts. And by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, go follow me at Michael Jammin Writer because I post every day. I put gold there. Anyway, and so some person left a, uh, a, a comment that they thought, it, it, you know, it's too late for me. And they're like, well, why should I bother learning screenwriting. It's too, I'm old. Why should I do this? And some people say, I'm too young. Why should I do this? And some people think, well, I'm, I live too far away. So why should I do this? Well, you know, I live far away. Why should I, why should I do any of this? And it's like, I think you're missing the whole point of why, <laughs> like you should do it because you will enjoy it. Not because uh, that should be, if, if you don't enjoy the process, then you're not, don't do any of this. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you don't enjoy the process of writing, don't do any of this. Because as writers, the process is hard and we do it all the time. And that's, but that's the, you know, that's what the, that's what it is. And there's a wonderful quote that I will share from Mary Oliver. And this is a, this is a terrific quote. And she said, the most regretful people on earth are those who felt the call to creative work, who felt their own power restive and uprising and gave to it neither power nor time. And I go, ah, that's it. Because that's what regret is. Regret is not trying. Regret is having an urge, but figuring, give it, coming up with reasons not to try. And so I'm too young. I'm too old. I to live too far away. Why do? That's all. That's all going to feed into regret, baby. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, and and honestly, and I say this as well. Like I, I tell this to my kids. Like regret is like one of the hardest things to live with. Of all the, the the all all the dark emotions, <laughs> it's one of the hardest to live with because it means you never tried, and I don't think people regret things when they try and they fail. They don't regret it. They go, okay, I, they chalk it up to experience. I tried, but regret is like you know when you don't even try, then it's like, well, what, you kick yourself as you get older. Why didn't I try? Why did it? Hell, why didn't I try? You know. On that on that note, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, I've heard it recalled. I've heard it referred to as hesitation, like don't hesitate. The moment mm-hmm. you have the instinct that you should do something and you hesitate, that's when all those creeping thoughts come in that stop you from moving forward. Mm, right. Um, and that's that's an important note is just don't hesitate. If it's something that you want to do, the hesitation gives enough space and buffer for your brain to come in and try to protect you and tell you all the things that you, you're worried about. Um, and... It's not, it's not a fun thing. And you're going to talk yourself out of an opportunity very yeah. quickly. I, I heard a quote by Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, a couple of days ago. And he, I, he said it well. He said, 
the secret of life to life is, is to build a mountain, climb it. And when you get to that, when you climb it, build another mountain. That's just what it is. But to, to not try climbing it, Jesus. So like, I don't know if you're, why talk yourself out of writing a screenplay or learning how to write? Like why, if you're enjoying, you know, I, we live, I live in Southern California as do you. And so the weather here is always warm. It's always nice. Right. And we live very close to an outdoor sports complex. And on the weekends, you know, we could, you can walk by or drive by it. And there's all sorts of people. There are people playing soccer. They play uh, softball and uh, what else? And, and, oh, and yeah, softball, soccer, you know, volleyball. But these people take it seriously. Like they, they show up outside. They're in their uniforms. They're middle-aged people. They're 40s and 50s and older. And, uh, and they wear uniforms. And you know they have tryouts. They have practices. They have leagues. And it's important mm-hmm. for them to win. And I'm telling you, none of those people are going to go pro. None of them are. So why are they doing it? They're doing it because they enjoy it. And so the same thing with you. Like you worry about, well, what if I never saw my screenplay? Well, do you like writing or not? If you like writing, does it matter if you sell it? I mean, it'd be great if you do. But if you don't, you know, this time is going to pass. You're going to, if you're 40 now in five years, God willing, you'll be 45 years old. Time will pass. You might as well spend that time doing something that you enjoy. If at the end of the five years, you know, because it takes a long time. Like, like even if you go through my, my writing course, I say it'll take you a month just to watch the damn thing. And then mm. it'll take you probably a, a year or two before you actually start writing anything that's good because you're going to have to, you know, it's a process. And rewatch but, the videos, by the way. And rewatch Which I have done five, six times. Because you gain something out of it each time. Every time. Like, oh, because I didn't, you know, because the more you learn, the more you learn, you go, oh, okay, you go back and you go, okay, now I kind of, now that applies to me now. But um, it, the time is going to pass. So at the end of the five years, you'll have, if you do, if you write something, you'll have something either that sells, great. If it doesn't, you've just spent the last five years doing something you've enjoyed. And if you didn't enjoy it, then why the hell do you want to be a screenwriter? If you don't enjoy the writing part, then you don't want to be a screenwriter. This is the note I've heard other people say all the time, which is, if you can do anything else, go do that. Right. And I used to, it used to drive me nuts. Because I'm like, well, I can do lots of other things. I'm very talented in lots of other aspects of life. But mm-hmm. truthfully, you know, I can't do anything else. The truth is, you know, I talk about it all the time. It's I don't want to be the guy sitting in the movie theater in 20 years saying, ah, I wish I would have really given it everything I had. Because yeah. those are the people growing up when I said I wanted to be a writer who said, you'll never make any money. You'll never. And it's all their excuses. It was all yeah. their reasons for not telling, for not pursuing their dream. Yeah. And maybe they're trying to help you. Maybe they may think for they're trying to help sure. you. For sure. It's 100% out of love. 100%. They wouldn't even open their mouth if they didn't want, if they didn't care. But right. they, they care, so they're saying something. Doesn't mean it's good advice. Yeah, right. Like, you know, this is your life to live. Why, you know? On that note, too, I think, you know, there are a lot of us who beat ourselves up for not knocking it out of the park every single time. And, mm-hmm. you know, a thought that keeps popping in my head nowadays, now that I have a daughter and, and she's just turned one, it's like, like she's just starting to stand and she's just starting to walk. And I am so excited every time she takes that half a step. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, this is going to be the time. And mm-hmm. then she stumbles and she falls. And it's never like, uh, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why couldn't yeah. you just figure this out already? It's like, good job. Like, you, oh, I'm so excited for her. Yeah, right. And it's That's like, sweet. if you took the thoughts that you project onto yourself and you don't do things as well as you did, and you put those onto your best friends, you wouldn't have any friends. Yeah. You're so mean to yourself Mm -hmm. because you have these expectations from life and from other people around you that you can't even celebrate Mm -hmm. the small victory of, 
oh, hey, I wrote a decent first draft, right? right? I, oh, I don't have to rewrite the whole thing. I only have to rewrite Acts 2 and 3 this time. Yeah, Instead be of as celebrating. Kind, be as kind to yourself as you are to other people. Like, why would you be For worse sure. to yourself, you know? So, For sure. And yeah, celebrate all those little those little victories uh, of, you know, people, like you said, someone read your script and they loved it and they thanked you for letting them read it, which is, uh, yeah. you know, usually it's the other way around. Usually, for sure. You know, <laughs> uh, that's an uncommon note. So you should be very happy about that. Yeah, yeah um, I was. Um, the, the, another thing I, I mentioned, uh, just to kind of help, I guess I there, there's tools that I use as well to help you stay um uh, I don't know, on, on your creative journey. And there's a wonderful talk. I found this guy on YouTube. His name is Shrikomar Rao. It's not easy to spit. Not easy to say. His parents wanted to give him a name that got a high Scrabble score. So yeah. his name's Shrikomar Rao. And his um, he talks about how the journey is more important. The joy is in the journey. It's not in arriving at the destination. And that's what it applies to screenwriting. Like you may say, well, what if I don't sell my screenplay? And I keep saying, well, the joy should be in the writing of it. And his example was wonderful. And he talks about people who climb Everest. <clears throat> you know, that's that's not an easy mountain to climb, right? And no. so people, take, they train and train for years climbing other mountains. And then when they finally go to Everest, they got to go to base camp for weeks or more just to acclimate. And then they go to another base camp a little higher to acclimate. And then they finally, after all that time, after all those years, finally begin the ascent up, uh, the dangerous ascent up the mountain. And when they get to the top of Mount Everest, how long do they stay there? five minutes, dude, they take a selfie and they head back down. Mm -hmm. So the, the joy is not at the arrival at Everest. It's the, it's in the journey of getting there. That's the, that's the rewarding part. That's the reward, not in getting to the top. You don't spend any time at the top. Yeah. And so it's the same thing, you know, with screen, with, with learning how to write. The joy is in every tiny little, that little scene you write. Oh, I did it. I did it. Or that line, oh, that line just kills. And so what happens if you don't sell it? Well, you know, nothing happens. Did you, but did you enjoy the process? You know, there's a great book. Um, you know, there's a guy, Ryan Holiday, who I follow and he's written a bunch of books. He's kind of the guy who's bringing back stoic philosophy in mm -hmm. modern times. And he, he wrote this book called the obstacle is the way. And mm -hmm. he tells a story in that book about a King who basically wanted to test his people and see who was truly virtuous. And so he, he buried a hole. He dug a hole, put a bag of gold in it, and then put a boulder that covered the whole roll and put road and put it right on top of that. And he watched as people went by. And so someone would come up and they'd look at the boulder and kind of curse and then go around the boulder. And mm -hmm. then someone else would come up and they try to push it a little bit and they're like, eh, and then they'd move around it. And then one day a kid comes up, he looks at it and thinks this is a nuisance to everybody. And he grabs a pole and he gets a lever and he pops this boulder out of the road. And underneath is a bag of riches for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the whole thing is a metaphor for the fact that the fact those who are willing to go through the obstacle and spend the time butting their heads against the thing that they dislike. That is the path that we should be chasing. Right. It's Everest. When you're going up Everest, you're passing dead bodies that are frozen there. There are yeah. famous bodies mm -hmm. of people along the path who did not make it and they can't get down. And right. they're just there as like a warning sign to people as mm -hmm. kind of like a final, are you sure you want to do this to tempt mm -hmm. you to turn around? Mm -hmm. And that's life. It, it's whatever you're butting up against is the thing you need to be spending your time on. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I I also mentioned as we're doing a deep dive into creativity here, Paul. Um, you know, I, 
I, I, I talk about this as well, that one of the best reasons I feel to be creative and why people should enjoy writing, if, if, if writing is your thing, you know, whether it could be music or art or whatever, is that, you know, most of us struggle to live in the present. I think all of it, me, all of us, right? And we, we, you know, we live in the past and that's usually called, that's usually depression. Or we live in the future, that which is anxiety. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? As if you have a crystal ball, which you do not. And so the best place to be, of course, the only place to be is, is the present. And that's extremely hard. And that's, but that's what meditation does because it focuses you on that one thing. Usually it's your breath. If that's, if that's how you meditate. Um, but that's also what create, creating does. Because when you are creating, whether it's writing music or art or poetry or whatever, through your screenwriting, you are in the present because you are, you, are con you are in that world which you're creating and you're totally focused on it. And during that time, you're not thinking about your worries or your past. You are in the moment. And that's one of the best reasons to be creative is it's, it's, an, it's an active form of meditation. It's active form of meditation. And for many people, meditation is hard. And so this is, a, this is an alternative. Yeah. I think that I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine in the business world recently where I brought up meditation. He's, he's a religious person and I'm a religious person. And so I think I imagine that at least 50% of your audience is going to be religious people. So for those who aren't, forgive me, but there are, there's a lot of stigma around meditation in religious circles where they feel like it's witchcraft or it's, mm -hmm. it's something different than the proper path we should be on. And I just want to make it clear that is not what's going on here. It's simply helping you calm your mind and recognize that no matter what's happening, thoughts are appearing. Mm -hmm. And the thought leads to a story, which builds an emotion, mm -hmm. and that's how it creates an action. And the whole goal is to be able to calm yourself down, to recognize this is a thought. This is an emotion that I'm having. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I am this emotion. And it, it gives you just more control over yourself and your life. And I'd say it's actually the opposite of what people have kind of painted it to be. And I would yeah. encourage everyone to do it. Yeah, everyone to do it. There's some absolutely, you know, especially not just for people who are creating, but if you, you know, I spend my my days, I have to work in my head all the time because I have to create stories or whatever. But by turning off my mind in the morning, I find it helps me to become more, be more creative throughout the rest of the day because you know I just spend some time clear, not thinking, thinking of one thing, which is usually my breath. Um, but yeah, it's there's no. There's nothing religious about it. It's just, it's just honestly, it's just clearing, clearing all the noise from mm -hmm. your head. And it's not. You can do it. You know, you know, you can make it a spiritual practice or not. But it's also just, it's good for your health. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Mental health. It clears. I found that it prevents me from being like a raging a hole in LA traffic by at 3 p.m. when I'm out mm -hmm. on a run as a PA. Yeah. And we've yeah. talked about it on another podcast. It just um, the days that I meditate are the days I think more clearly. And I'm more in control of what I do throughout the day. Yeah. And it's not my monkey mind running around making these decisions for me based off of stories I've made up from times I was hurt in the past. Yeah, right. right. That's another thing. I don't, I don't know if we said this or not because we, we have these conversations, but um, that's a good piece of advice I got from my friend Missy, which is what lie are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. And uh, often when you worry about something, but you know, I'm not going to sell my screenplay or it's going to be bad or why am I bothering? Like, that's a lie you're just telling yourself. You don't, you don't have a crystal ball. So how, why would you ever say, you know, what's going to happen if you do something? Why would you mm -hmm. ever say you don't know, you know, we, that's just based on your past. Yeah. We dove a little bit into that conversation uh, oh, okay. a couple podcasts ago, but I think it's still very relevant to this conversation. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, look, like your unconscious mind is just trying to protect you. That's it. Um, and so a lot of these thoughts are creeping in, like I'm too, I'm not good enough. 
I'll never sell it. I'll never make it. It's too complicated. All the stuff you talked about at the beginning, too old and too young. There's always an excuse. But what kind of feedback would you give someone you truly loved? Like if you sat down and you looked at, you know, imagine five-year-old you and five-year-old you says he wants to be an astronaut. You're going to tell him he's not going to be an astronaut? Right. Right? He might not be an astronaut. The chances are very slim. But wouldn't you want to do everything you could if you had unlimited resources to provide him that path? And the truth you know, is you do. It's called time. You have your time that you can you invest time. I um and I, I should mention for when I when I first broke in, I was a writer and just shoot me. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I thought I didn't think I was gonna make it after the first season. I was like, I'm surrounded by writers who are super talented and super funny. I can't get a word in edgewise because I'm too busy laughing at everything that they say. And I'm just gonna try open my mouth and I'm gonna tank it. You know, I, I, I felt like a pretender. And I don't feel that way anymore because of experience. But uh, had I listened to myself, like, well, you know, I shouldn't be here. I should just leave. Like, what's the, you know, then I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. It's meditation, right? Not meditation. It's imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, right. It's a feeling that you're an imposter and you don't deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And the truth is we all all feel that or have felt it. Every single one of those writers, I imagine, unless you're a narcissist and an egomaniac, which I'm sure exists. You're feeling that feeling most of the time or have until you get to a point where it's like you've got enough reps. You've done it enough times. Like but I'm every just, single time. every single writer that you aspire or uh, to be like or musician or artist or whatever, before they made it, there was a point where they hadn't made it yet. There was a point when they were no one. And so and they were, you know, we all so it's not like everyone is born into this position. We all have we all had to get here. And so. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't gotten there yet, just remind yourself I haven't gotten there yet. Yet. Hi, guys. It's Michael Jammin. I wanted to take a break from talking and talk just a little bit more. I think a lot of you people are getting bad advice on the Internet. Many of you want to break into the industry as writers or directors or actors. And some of you are paying for this advice on the Internet. It's just bad. And as a working TV writer and showrunner, this burns my butt. So my goal is to flush a lot of this bad stuff out of your head and replace it with stuff that's actually going to help you. So I post daily tips on social media. Go follow me at Michael Jammin Writer. You can find me on Instagram, and Facebook, and TikTok. And let's be honest, if you don't have time, like just two minutes a day towards improving your craft, it's not going to happen. So go make it happen for you at Michael Jammin Writer. Okay, now back to my previous one. No, I've spent a lot of my life trying to get through now to the future. And I feel like I've missed a lot of life because I've not been present Mm -hmm. and nothing has made me more present than being a father, right? Just seeing Mm -hmm. a child growing and enjoying those moments. And for those of you who don't have kids, you, you haven't experienced that, but I will say that that flow state and that presence that comes from writing and being absorbed in the world that you're building and the work that you're doing is equal in terms of clear mindedness. It's just, a beautiful place to be. And yeah. that's that's something you just train yourself to do. It, it's not it's not something that most of us have as a, a gift that we're given. It's something you train yourself to do. Yeah. And and this is I'm I'm skipping a little bit, but I want to mention this because people are like, well, what if I they say what I finished my screenplay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, because whatever, you live in Illinois, you don't live near Hollywood. Well, you give it to someone to read. Well, who? We give it to your mom. You give it to your, your mother, your sister, your brother, whoever, your friend. And then they will say, 
they most likely say, well, what do I know? I don't, I'm not a Hollywood executive. I don't know what a good screenplay is. And then your response to them is, yes, you do. If, if, when you read it, if you want to turn the page, if you're compelled to find out what happens next, it's a good script. If you're not, if it feels like it's a homework assignment, if it feels like you're only reading this as a, as a favor to somebody, then it's not a good script. And that's how you tell, you tell that to your mom. This is how you can reread the script. Do I want to turn the page or not? You know, do you want to turn the page or not? And so it's as simple as that. That's why, we, that's why ultimately when, when we talk about, you know, my, the writing course that I offer, I teach story structure because that's what that teaches you to do. It teaches you how to tell a story that makes people want to turn the page. It doesn't matter if, you, if it's a movie or a, or a half hour television sitcom or an hour long uh, drama. It doesn't matter. We're teaching story structure. That's, that's what makes people want to turn the page. And that's it. Mm. You know? It just reminded me of that story you told early on in our podcast, I think episode one or two, where you talked about it was a family member of something and they were, they were like, hey, I have the story I want to tell. And you're like, without judgment, I wasn't judging the quality of the story. You were just saying, if this is the story you want to tell, this is what needs to happen. And that yeah. goes here and this goes there, regardless yeah. of how good the story was or compelling, which is another craft. It's an elevation of story. Mm-hmm. The story is story. And, and that's something that's very clear when it became very clear to me for the first time when I took your course. Well, I remember, I remember going to your house. We were working. You had an, a, a yeah, you're right here in my room. office. Yeah, I had a big whiteboard right here on the wall behind me at the time, and a couch. And that's yeah, you right. were here. My roommate Fred was here, and we broke the story. And I, I have that story broken and half written on my computer. And that was, I remember saying to you, Felgo, I don't. This is the if this is the story you want to tell, I don't really care what story you want to tell. If you right. want to tell this story, this is how you tell it. it. And you get to decide whether it's a story that's worth telling or not. But there's ways to tell whatever's, you know, if you have a story, there's ways to tell it so that it's compelling, so that people want to hear it, right? And so I, ne- I never said to you, this is a bad story, or I never said you should tell a different story. I said, okay, if you want to tell this story, here's how we should, here's how we do it, right? I mean, yeah. that's in that story structure. And to that point, to that point, I. I talk, I think a lot about, I, I've talked a lot about like rewatching your course or rewatching some of the videos you put out or going back. And oftentimes I will read really influential books in my life. I'll read them every year just yeah. so that I can reabsorb them because I'm in a different place yeah. and being in a different place, although you were here and, and I think there's a note for everyone listening. I had a 25, probably at the 25 year at the time, veteran, your veteran of TV writing and screenwriting in my house which is something I would have dreamed to have happen in 2008, helping me break my story. And I still didn't get this then the way I get it now. And it's Mm -hmm. just because I'm in a different place and able to better understand it. And it's not that that wasn't unfruitful and didn't help me. It 100% did, but it was the path to get to where I am now. It was my Everest path, right? That was base camp number one. And then I had to get to base camp number two. And then I finally got that note. Thank yeah. you for letting me read something so entertaining, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it doesn't mean I'm there yet. It doesn't mean I'm perfect or I've got a lot more to learn and grow, but I imagine you're still learning every day. Absolutely, Abs- absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's interesting because I'm working on, I talk about this once in a while. I have a, a book coming out, a collection of personal essays. It's called The Paper Orchestra. And it's, um, it's like a passion project of mine that I've been working on. And I break those stories um, so that, I always feel I feel uh, an obligation to my reader to 
entertain them because if they don't want to read, they're not, if they, if they don't entertain, they're not going to turn the page. So I very much break the stories the way I break regular, you know, screenplays and, um, and, you know, teleplays and stuff like that. It's not much different. There are times though, where I go off the rails a little bit to change things up, to make it a little less, uh, to make it a little more, to, uh, to, uh, to milk a little more out of the, out of the, uh, the, the medium, which is writing on a page as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, dialogue. So, but it's all very similar. It really is. It's just story structure. You know? Yeah. And we've talked about that and how it resonates with all of us when it's there, because that's what we've been doing for millennia. It's just telling yeah. story. So we know yeah. what a good story is. And that's mm-hmm. why he feels like, you know, I wrote down, is this a homework assignment? And that's what I'm going to yeah. do the next time I read a script is I'm going to ask myself that question. Does this Where does like it start homework? to feel like homework? Yeah. I think it's a great frame to look at a rewrite. Um I, and just to be clear, when I'm staffing on a show and I'm reading all these scripts from young writers, almost all of them feel like a homework assignment. And so it's one, but one of them mind. won't. And, the, and then they go, that's the one you hire. That's the person you hire. Yeah. Blows my mind that that's the case. Yeah. And, 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 and that was an eye opening thing for me too, was really seeing, we talked about it in episode four, I want to say, which was agents and managers. Mm-hmm. Where you, you said, I get stacked when I'm t- trying to staff a show, I get stacks of scripts from my agent and I will go through them. And inevitably, they're not good, right? So, mm-hmm. the, so not good enough. Yeah. The the level of getting an agent is still not the level of getting staffed on a show. Yeah. But it's it's a step along the path, right? Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. And, I, and I'm not trying to make this like a, a this is a downer real world conversation, but it, it it's it's very important to understand the path to get to the summit of the mountain. Yeah. Right. Here's the path. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, that's a good thing. It keeps gonna... other people out because that's right. the majority of people will not put in the time, energy, and effort to get to that level. That's right. But guess what? There's still another level, and right. then another level. And we go back to one of the last podcasts we recorded where we talk about screeners and and the fact that you know there were like 30 screeners sent out this se- this mm-hmm. season. That's the echelon of the best of the best. Yep. But there's so many layers below that you have to get to, and yeah. most people will not put in the energy. Yeah, and like and like you said, that's good news because if it's hard, they're going to turn around, and that leaves and that means there's more room for us because we'll we're willing to do the work. So great, get yeah. rid of the people who may have more talent than us but won't try as hard, and there's more room for us. You know? Yeah. Good. <laughs> what What are some processes that aside from meditation, which I again I don't think I don't want to stumble past meditation because I think mm-hmm. it is one of the most valuable skill sets that any person can adapt just to better separate their thoughts from yeah. the stories. Yeah. Um, but, but I imagine that there are other tools to be, to enjoy the process more. Have you found anything else that makes you really just say, this is a more enjoyable way of writing or putting in the time? Um, you know, there's stuff, there's stuff, uh, you know, it, it, it is a business. So when I'm writing on a show, or if I sell a pilot or whatever, it's not mine. I, when I sell it, it's someone else's because they're paying me for it. I sold it to them. It's theirs now. And so I have to, I'm writing for them in mind, uh, which is fine. I, that's how I make my living. It's not mine. It's them. I'm writing for them. But my personal writing, which I do, I try to do the first thing in the morning before I do my professional writing. I find that that's what I really, that's when I'm writing for me. And that's what I'm not doing any notes. I'm not making this, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. And it feels like, it, it, honestly, for the first time in, in my 26-year career, it feels like I'm flying because I'm doing what I want. And I'm not worried about, 
the uh, I'm not like I'm not doing it for notes. I'm doing hey, this is if I could write what it was very liberating the first time I did it. It was like almost like like a imagine a horse being chained up, you know, just pulling a plow for its entire life, then suddenly taking off that plow and saying, okay, run. Like at first, the horse wouldn't even know what to do, but and then I then I just started running. Like how fast can I run? And I to me. There's like two types of writing. There's one, there's the professional writing that you want to sell because that's how you make your living. And then there's the, the other stuff that I do for myself, uh, which will reach a much smaller audience than than the millions of people who will see whatever I write on whatever TV show. Um, but the stuff that I write for myself is is more fulfilling and has taught me more about myself than anything I've written. And you can do that too. <laughs> you don't need to have, you know, you don't need to sell it. You could You could write that yourself and you don't need to sell it. I do think it helps to understand, like I said, story structure so that you can tell a story. You know how to unpack the story in a way that other, but makes people want to read it. And, 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 you know, learning those rules are very helpful. Uh, but yeah, so like, again, this all comes back to, we're, we're going full circle, circle here where we was talking about the process. You should enjoy the process, not the destination, not, not arriving to, you know, you know, your first check that you get from, from writing. Like I said, I get more satisfaction from the stuff that I don't get paid for than I do get stuff that I do get paid for. Yeah. I'd love to share something that has really helped me enjoy this process yeah. a lot more. This came from a conversation that I was having with you. Um, I was like, Hey, I just finished this script. I'm getting some really good feedback from it. I'd love to get your notes on it. And you said, do me a favor, print it out and mail it to me. Cause then yeah. I don't have to print it out. Yeah. And I was like, and then I can just mark it up. And so I was like, okay, and then I had the thought, why don't I do that when I'm reading my own stuff? Because I just do it all digitally on the computer. Oh. And I printed it out and I just sat down with a red pen. And something was so liberating about that experience where I couldn't go in and change a word in the, in the document. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like every other rewriting experience, which is this grind of just rewriting one paragraph over and over again for three hours. And then tomorrow when I open it, I rewrite that same paragraph because I'm starting mm -hmm. at the beginning. Or even if I'm smart enough to go down and rewrite the next paragraph, it was that same, how do I polish this, what you call polishing a turd, right, mm -hmm. over and over again. I just took a red pen and it was like I was just doing a peer review assignment in school and I just started typo. Nope, this doesn't make sense. Passive voice. Like mm -hmm. literally all of these things. And I was so outside of my ego. It took me a full work day to go through, you know, it was a it's a one hour drama. And so it was like 54 pages or something when I had done the first draft. Mm -hmm. um, and I went through. And at the end, I was like, Okay, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow when I sit down at the keyboard now. I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. And four hours the next day, four hours the next day, I had a second draft. Right. And it was so freeing. Yeah. So I would say, you know, that's what works for me. And I'm not saying that you need to do that. But what I am saying is that you should get out of the space you're in mentally to do the things that you hate doing. Mm -hmm. Mix it up. You have your emotions tied to the computer. You have emotions tied to the room you're working in. So if you're struggling, you're finding yourself, you know, having a hard time pushing through something, find a different way. Like just change something to make it a little bit easier to get through. And this rewriting process was something that I've known. This writing is rewriting. How many times have I heard that? How many times have I heard you say that? In your course, you literally say writing is rewriting. Why would you hate that? It's, that's the job. That's the job, um, yeah. And I still struggled with it until I figured this part out. And so thank you, Michael, for that note. Yeah. And I hope that helps anyone else overcome some struggle that they might have in the world of writing.
you know, my, my daughter is in college and she's taking a creative writing course for the first time. And she had a piece. She just started. And she's like, I don't know what I should write about. I, I don't know if I, if it's going to be good. I'm like, it, it's not going to be good. Don't worry about it. Put it on the paper and let, we can get it there. Uh, but your first draft is not going to be good. No one's first draft is good. It's, that's okay. That's the, I mean, and it's a lot learning how to do this is, uh, and I think she was overwhelmed and I don't, you know, what if it's not, what if it, what, if, don't worry about it. Just put it on the page and you, no one has to read your first draft either. That can be just you. You can, your first 10 drafts can be just you. I just finished a story uh, for my book and uh, I don't know how many, I literally have uh, 34 drafts of this story. That's great. Yeah. Um, because the, every time, every time I start a new draft, like when I work on it for a day, usually for a couple hours, and then I, the next day I save it as something else. And I, actually, this is a good point. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it, but um, I save it as a new file. So whatever I save this for, you know, I call it two, and then tomorrow I call it three, and, and you know, four, whatever. But the reason why I do this and I re- rename it as something else is so that there's a temptation to not. Like if you have a paragraph or you know a couplet or whatever a speech that you really love, but it does you, it no longer fits into the the body of the story. There is going to be temptation that you don't want to. You love this speech so much that you don't want to. You'll you'll twist the story to make the speech work because you love it so much you don't want to get rid of it. And so you know the right thing to do is cut it, but you don't. You you, mm-hmm. you want to hang on to it. And but if you rename in your file as something else, you say okay, we still have it. I'm going to save it as something else, have a different version. Now I'm going to cut it for the new version. But if I ever need it, it's still there. And that is, just doing that is liberating. So you know, okay, it's gone. I can move forward. And I'm telling you, 95% of the time, I never go back and dig up that old speech that I thought was so amazing. I just never. But sometimes you can put it somewhere else in the story or you can you know, cannibalize some of it. And so it's good that you have it, but most of the time it's gone. And it's okay. You've put it aside. Now you can move forward and... And and because you want to obviously the most important thing is the story. It's not the speech or the line or the. Oh joke. yeah, so. I just had I just had that exact experience. Um, and I don't I don't do that, but I'm gonna start doing that. Um, saving yeah. a different draft file. I do each draft as a different file, not each day of work. And I definitely see the value of that because it's like I cut it, but it's still there. Like I could always go get it if I needed yeah. to. You'll find but, it. But but I had this the same experience where I wrote what I consider to be some of the best writing I've ever done. Just absolutely a funny moment, great character moment, drove the story forward. And then I went back on the second draft and I said, I got to cut five pages out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I could take that two scenes and I can turn that into one paragraph and do the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. And it hurt and I did yeah. it and it way better, way yeah. better. And, and then looking back at it, it's like, it didn't really serve the story as well as the paragraph did. The paragraph way better. And it's yeah. your note too. Like, yeah. can I say this in fewer words? Can yeah. I get to this faster? And yeah. That yeah. that helped. Yeah. What do you think, Phil? Did we learn something? Did we did we learn I, something today? I think so. <laughs> I think so. And I think I think it's valuable conversation for people to hear and, and I think this metaphor of the mountain, picking a mountain and then picking a new mountain, you know, I I, what I find myself doing often is I'll, and I told you the streamer I watch the most is YouTube premium, right? Mm-hmm. No ads. And a lot of the stuff I do is I'll put on like Brian Shaw, who I'm a big fan of. He's the four time world's strongest man. And I will just watch him work out or watch his, his vlog about here's what it takes to be the strongest man in the world. Right. And I am just in awe of this stuff. And it's not just him. There are lots of other people that I watch in different aspects, but I just, it is, it's so inspiring me for to do that, for me to do that. And the thing 
that stands out to me is this thought of this is what I'm chasing. And then when they get there, it's immediately a start that new goal. This is yeah. the new thing I'm going to do. It's the Stallone pick your new mountain. It's, it's yeah. the constantly and consistently challenging oneself because that's what you want to do, not because someone's forcing you to do. I think that's what makes it enjoyable. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. great point. Yeah. So I hope this helps. I, 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 did I mention this, Phil? I can't even remember because this is our second podcast of the day, but everyone here should get on our watch list. Did it's a lot, you haven't yet. And I was going to have yet. You should. No. Guys, so once a week, this is Phil's idea. We're gonna, we send out an email of the top three videos for, for writers. One video is for writers, one is for actors, and the other one is either for creative people or directors. We kind of mix it up. But, uh, and so if you're a busy person, you get on the watch list. We, we send it out for free, and you can, and you can get the best of the best. Um, to get on the watch list, you can go to michaeljammon.com slash watch list and yeah. sign up. And th there's a whole section in there for creative people, like just for creativity. Yeah. It's one of the videos you send out each week. And, yeah. you know, I get to preview them when you put them out. We've got quite a few of them um, ready to go. And, and they're great videos. They're great content. And it's just something to meditate on and think about throughout the week as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to sell your email. You can no. unsubscribe no. if it gets to be too burdensome. But it's really only, it's only one a week. So what's the big deal? Every Friday. Yeah. Every Once Friday. Great. Michael, thanks again for some great conversation. Uh, yeah, for those of you, you listening, Phil. oh, my pleasure. How, uh, I've grown tremendously as a professional and a writer doing this podcast with you. So I owe you so much more than I did before we started. And I will just ask if you're listening to this and you haven't yet, uh, please, you know, if you're on YouTube, like this video, um, hit the subscribe button so you can get daily content. Um, from Michael as you're perusing. It's just an interjection in the middle of your day as you're scrolling through, you know, videos of the world's strongest man eating 10,000 calories or whatever it is that you're watching. Uh, leave a comment and, you know, hit the bell for notifications. And if you're watching, listening to this on any podcasting platform, uh, please do us a favor, go to iTunes and just leave an honest review, you know, hit, hit the stars and leave a, a comment about what you like or don't like about what we're doing. And that'll help us too. Doesn't even have to be an honest review. You could just say glowing things too. That's fine. Yeah, that, that we, we accept well. those. Great. All right, everyone. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. Thanks, All everybody. Right. Thank you.